morning, church. Well, I needed a little help this morning with my sermon, so Gunner, come up here. Can you help me out, Gunner? What's, what are you going to do this morning? Genesis 1-1. Let's hear it. Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God, the heavens and us. Oh, thanks, buddy. Thanks, good job, buddy. So I always joke with Sarah about how nervous I am before I come up here because it feels like my internal organs can just bleh, come out here. So Gunner, help me out a little bit. I really appreciate that, brother. Uh, would you pray with me, please? Father God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for having the sun rise, um, just having us gather here today. And God, I'm just so thankful for all the faces that I see that, that hunger for your word, that the thirst for your knowledge. God, I'm just mindful of children this morning that uh, how a blessing they are. I'm thankful for them. Thankful for their, their help and their example. Lord, may you uh, work through me today. May your spirit work through me today to um, give a message that people can use, that they can go out and, and share Jesus with the world in an easier way. And God, just uh, continue to bless us, bless this church. God, bless everyone in this room and bless all the people that can't be here today. For any, for any reasons, just thank you so much for everything that you've done and everything you will do this week. It's through Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Okay, that usually helps me too, so I'm not feeling so nervous this morning. All right, so I am Jeff Adair this morning. I'm the youth minister here at Heartland. I get to preach every once in a while, and it's, as you know, it's kind of nerve-wracking. But I have been blessed this week because I got spent uh, Thanksgiving with my family and we ate a lot, like Dempsey was talking about earlier, which is uh, kind of why I wanted to name this sermon God in Space, because we hopefully made space this past weekend for our families and for some food, obviously, because I know my stretchy pants felt really good on Friday. Um, so Genesis 1, I'm going to start with verse 1 and 2, like Gunnar read, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Now, formless and empty is kind of hard for me to grasp, because especially after eating what I just ate this past weekend. But I, you know, try to think about that for a second. We can clean a room and say not have anything maybe in a corner, maybe not on a wall, but truly empty. You know, Moses when, is writing this account down for the Israelites that are to figure out how they got into Egypt. You know, it started with a communal relationship, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, creating this amazing place that we call Earth. You know, there's so much to gather from just these two verses. Uh, the first thing that God pointed out to me while preparing this message was that from the beginning, I talked about this at teen class this morning, that God has never assumed to exist. He just always has existed. You know, God would later tell Moses in the Bible that his name is I am who I am. It's not I was or I have been or will be. It's I am. He just is. You know, God's word says that his spirit is hovering over his creation. He's watchful and active on what he has created. There's so much I can relate to in just this verse here. Before I really knew God and really knew who Jesus is, my life was chaotic and disorganized. If you ever want to get a good laugh, I can ask Sarah about how disorganized I was. She loves telling people how about that is. Um, I didn't really care about my actions or what I said. I, you know, didn't, I had no fear about what I, my actions would do for other people and the relationships I had with other people. 
So it's kind of chaotic. I can relate to formless and empty and darkness being over it. You know, as I grow in my relationship with Jesus today, it's becoming easier to find him throughout the Old Testament, especially after we are studying each Bible, each Bible chapter and book in the uh, Old Testament over at the teen house on Sunday mornings. So Father, Son, and Holy Spirit had a great relationship from the beginning. So they wanted to have that same relationship with the humans they would eventually create out of the dust of the earth. So let's get into it. Verses 3 through 5, I'm going to read here. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, first day. Day one, day one, God made light when there was none, right? Is that how the song goes? I didn't grow up in church, so I don't always know exactly how those songs go. But I am very blessed that the back wall in my office downstairs joins up against the hallway, the daycare. So I get to hear them, I get to hear the children, you know, loud or quiet. I get to hear them sing, get to hear them pray, and just be God's children. It's pretty fun. God creates light and separates it from darkness. He says that the light is good. Now we know that light is good for a lot of things without reading John 8:12, when Jesus says that he is the light. There's so much more productivity accomplished when the sun is out rather than the moon, right? I'm getting, far, I'm getting too far ahead of myself. God hasn't created them yet. But I've always been fascinated at the order of which God created this space for us. Now, I've created a slide here for your guests to reference about what I'm talking about. So we see on the first three days of creation, God creates spaces. During days four, five, and six, he fills those spaces for us. He separates the sky from the sea on day two. And on day three, he separates the dry ground from the water. And his spirit's still hovering over all. And on day four, God begins to fill the light and darkness with the sun and the moon and the stars. On day five, he fills the sky with birds and the sea with fish. And on day six, God would fill the dry ground with livestock, wild animals, and people. And at the end of verse 31, chapter 1 of Genesis, he says that all of it is very good. When I pray this week, we can all find everything that we see that God created as very good. You know, that is a big space God has created for us. Now, of course, back then, in the Bible times, we didn't know the expanse of the universe kind of like we do now with the technology we have. So when I was preparing this message, I just had to try to figure out how big everything was. Because God is big. So I want to share with you how big it is. We live in the Milky Way galaxy. That measures 100,000 light years across. So if we were to travel at the speed of light, which is 6.71 million miles per hour, it would take nearly 100,000 years to travel just across the Milky Way going 186,282 miles a second. And God is big. That is big, right? So that really blew my mind after I was breaking it down. And I got those from uh, NASA, so those are true facts, just so you know. I didn't make those up. You know, humans have been guilty of trying to put God in a box when, in fact, we can't even begin to think of a box that can contain him. The Bible says that humans were created in his image, in the image of God. And wow. And I really never sat and meditated on that before this sermon. The young adult uh, reach group that meets here at the building on Wednesday nights began re- uh, has begun reading a book called Gods at War by Kyle Ottoman. And I read that quite a few years ago before I became a youth minister, and I had to set that down after I read the first chapter because it made me take a good, hard look 
at what I was doing and how I was living my life. And that verse, just these past few weeks, kind of made me do the same thing. Am I, how am I doing with that? Am I measuring up to being the image of God? Am I truly being the image of God with my actions and words? What kind of space am I creating for God? So then, as my math nerd myself, this led me to break down how many hours a week we have time to make for God. So, you guys, uh, you know, my math teacher growing up always said we'll never have a calculator in our pockets, but we do. If you guys want to check my math here, you guys can. So 24 hours in a day, seven days a week, so that's 168 hours total a week. So, now, of course, we aren't awake all those hours, so take eight hours a day because we like to get eight hours of sleep, right? So we'll take that, eight times seven is 56, so 168 minus 56 is 112. Got all written down here, right? The majority, you know, some of us work 40 hours a week, some of us work more than 40 hours, so we'll just take an average of 40. So take 40 off of that, so 72 hours. That is just 10 hours a day, just over 10 hours a day. Or we have we're not working, sleeping, or work, or school, or anything else. So I'm not saying that you can only make time for God during certain times. Of course, you want to work, should be worshiping while we're sleeping, because he created the Sabbath. You know, there's a song that says, oh God, I need you every hour. I need you. You know, that is so true. When we create a space for God in our lives, the possibilities are endless. You know, our memory verse on the back of the communication card is Colossians 1.16. And it says, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Now, the Apostle Paul is telling the church in Colossae about the supremacy of Christ, that all things were created in, through him and for him. Father, Son, Holy Spirit had a plan to redeem the world while they were creating it. Call it what you will. I call it awesome. So why did our God, our redeeming God, go to such lengths to provide us with such a wide and diverse world? He was preparing visual aids for future use. He created sheep so he could teach sinners how he is the good shepherd. He created birds to help his people live less anxious lives. He created camels to teach how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter heaven. He created lilies and roses so he could compare himself with them. He created water to explain how he refreshes and revives the thirsty. And then I look at the cross and think of what Jesus was thinking when trees were made. I wonder if he thought of the pain or the victory he wins on the cross for us. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that therefore if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone, and the new has come. Paul's saying, if you want to know about your redemption and salvation, you want to know what that's like, go back to the creation account. Formless and empty, into light separating from darkness, becoming good. Creation tells us how powerful God is. He has willed into existence what previously had no existence. He made everything we see and what we don't see. Throughout Genesis 1, it says, let it be. And it is so. When the disciples were in the boat and Jesus calmed the storms, they asked, Who is this that even the wind and sea obey him? Well, the creator of them. That's who. Psalm 19, 1 and 2 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. You know, when I hear the children pray from my office, it usually starts out with, 
dear God, thank you for this day. Now, there's so much in that comment. When you say those, when you think about those words about and how the sun has to rise and how everything comes to be for just the beginning of the day. Everything is beginning another day of worship to God, our creator. And in creation, we can see how wise God is because there's order, progress, development, division, distinction, regulation, and rule. Nothing is accidental or coincidental. It is purposeful and always moving towards a goal. God created humanity in such a way that we would better understand what we should be and can be through his work of a new creation through Jesus' work on the cross. He has provided us with multiple visual aids that provide us reminders daily of his work. If we aren't too distracted to either look for it or see it. God didn't create any of us by accident. We are purposeful and should be moving towards a goal. Every goal is purchase your own home, start a family, grow your family. You know, nothing is accidental through God. You serve a purpose in those 168 hours. Yes, even in rest. Like I said, God instituted the Sabbath for us to understand the importance of rest. Just like he created marriage for us to understand the importance of relationship. He prepares a heavenly kingdom to house all of his saved children. He has done it all. He is so, so good. As a matter of fact, you want to know how good God is? I spoke coffee on these pants before I got here today. You can't even tell. That's how good God is. He knows I was preaching. And I have a great wife who knows what to do when she will coffee on your pants. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 4.6, For God who said, let, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. We have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit when we are baptized into Christ and have that light inside our hearts. Think about that. When we were baptized, we received the same spirit that was hovering over creation back at the beginning. He is big. You were made for him. We were made in his image. Let us create a space in our lives big enough for the God who created all things and wants to be in a personal relationship with us through Jesus Christ, his son. We're going to be singing a great song in here in a minute with words that are very good. Now, this week I pray that we recognize how much space we have for God or how much space we haven't created for God. I pray that we allow God to fill that space if we haven't already. You know, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit have already set the stage for us. Jesus even fought the epic battle through his death burial, and he conquered death when he was resurrected. So that we can spend eternity with him in heaven. So if you haven't created space for Jesus in your heart, what are you waiting for? And for those of us who have, what kind of space are we creating for God in our lives? Now let's stand and worship God with our voices. If, if there's a need of any kind, please come forward as we stand and sing. <laughs>